0: Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Agview Pit. We have Matt Bennett with us today. Uh, Matt, how's it going today?
1: Doing pretty good. Uh actually uh, done farming for now. Uh planted all our corn and soybeans. Uh most of them are up, but not all. Uh got along really good this spring. Soil conditions were phenomenal, uh but as a lot of folks uh, have experienced, uh, virtually all of us been a little chilly.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well it's uh we're we're entering this uh first week of may you know the first through the fifth um that's the kind of the sweet spot for planting you're all done and you're uh doing some uh house remodeling fun stuff right now what do you tell these guys uh you know that are up north and stuff you think some of these guys that have been waiting for snow to melt and all that fun stuff that they're they'll be uh be able to roll here eventually probably huh
1: well you would sure think so but uh really the forecast doesn't warm us up all that much i mean heck we have a couple more shots of uh, fairly cold weather coming up. I mean, it's it's one of those deals where I, I kind of feel like we're going to go from winter to summer for a lot of folks, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the uh, Northern Plains, upper Midwest, you know. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, though, I mean, you've, you've taken uh, quite a bit of wind out of the sails of this corn market. And so uh, I'd say if a person's in marginal conditions, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to be as, uh, as fired up to uh, push the envelope, so to speak uh, into, uh, less than ideal conditions, you know, or spend, as you know, a thousand bucks or more on, on a corn crop. So uh, I, I do think that the way that the market has acted, uh, certainly could uh, play a big role in where we end up as, as far as these final acreage numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know,
0: one of the things you said, you know, like you guys are, are done and, and there's a, a lot of, areas that have a lot to go yet do you think any of these acres might shift over to a little bit more corn with some of these um, input costs going down or do you think there's going to be more soybeans because guys are you know planting beans in these colder conditions and maybe they end up doing what used to happen you know you guys used to be planting corn and they'd keep planting corn or if they're planting soybeans are they going to keep doing that what's what are you hearing or what's your thought on the corn versus soybean acreage deal
1: Right, that's a really good question. You know, uh, the interesting thing, you know, I know folks in central Illinois that were paying this spring, you know, 1200 or $1,250 for anhydrous, whereas, uh, you know, a grower that I've got actually in Michigan, um, he lives uh, in the vicinity of a, of a large, larger-scale farmer that is able to take his own transport loads. And so uh, this guy has $815 wrapped up in his anhydrous, so, you yeah, know, his cost of production looks different. You know, as you suggested, uh, these things have come down somewhat. You know, I I do think that uh, given that crop insurance guarantee, that your hypothesis might uh, come to pass for some folks. Maybe they will switch some over. Uh, The hard thing for me to grasp onto that on a large scale of acres, you know, is just simply due to the fact that the corn market has taken such a hit here lately. And I, I just don't know that it gives everyone the warm and fuzzies about you know, pushing a whole lot of corn on corn. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of years in the past where uh, I imagine uh, you've had the same experience as me. Corn on corn has worked phenomenal, you know. But the last few years, uh, there's been a lot of folks complaining about, uh, you know, just really struggling to uh, find the right combination on corn on corn. Of course, Mother Nature hasn't exactly cooperated. So, uh, you know, I do think a lot of things have to come into play. Right now, I'd be shocked if uh, our final acreage came in above the USDA's planning intentions number on corn. Um, originally, I thought it would come down, beans would go up. Uh, there's a lot that remains to be seen there, but we certainly need to see the weather uh, play a little bit uh, more positive role if we're going to try to even uh, plant 92, in my opinion. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, back to one of the things you said, and then I want to hit this corn market price pressure we've had here. But yeah, you mentioned you know a lot of the nitrogen and anhydrous, especially in that $1,200, and now we're in that 800 and something i mean that's 50 bucks an acre less you know for 200 units end. Mm-hmm. that's a big deal you know so it's something that that um i think you know it's going to affect some people and some people take be able to take advantage of that but what i do want to sure. want to hit hit on here next though matt is you know and i'm sure you're getting some of these calls too it's like um you know wh- is this market going to come back you know how much lower can we go you know what's what you know? I think there's just—I wouldn't say it's panic, but I think there's a lot of concern and, and some frustration out there with the price pressure we've seen, in particular on on corn as of late. Um, talk a little bit about that, kind of what what your thoughts are and, and where's your head at as as a farmer and an analyst, both.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you yeah, know, I think you know, Chris, we were pretty aggressive earlier this year on our sales. We, we, we really pushed hard and it's not because we had any idea we'd see this market move. I mean, I want to, I want to make sure everyone hears me there. I'm not trying to pipe myself on the back. What, what we try to do whenever we approach marketing is look at, you know, when we've got large profits or what we think are uh, very respectable profits versus what it could end up doing you know we try to latch on to some sort of a worst case scenario and so we were pretty aggressive so you know at this stage of the game I do have a lot of customers that weren't near as aggressive you know guys I talk to all the time and gals that I talked to all the time that you know that I uh, told them exactly what we were doing and they chose not to so I totally understand where they're at but then you've got to start and look at the whole picture if you're going to get real aggressive in here. I mean, for one thing, Chris, I mean just a shade over five bucks is eighty five percent or five ninety one and so you got to understand the role that your crop insurance can play. uh The other thing we want to uh, pay close attention to is is you know if we do want to step in here, considering we're very close to that level already, i mean twenty cents away. Um, you know, how aggressive do you want to be uh, in a strategy without flexibility? And my personal opinion is you don't want to be very flexible or you want to be flexible and you don't want to be super aggressive unless you're flexible because, um, you know, it's easy to be bearish whenever the market's been going down like this. And I'm not saying I'm bullish. I'm just saying if you sell down here without any flex in your plan, you know, and then you end up, uh, God forbid, in a situation where you don't raise a very good crop, I know you're not going to make money because, Um, Chris you and I both run the numbers I mean a lot of folks with their cost structure this year on the bulk of their acres you know uh, right now are are lucky to be making money and so uh, you know you got to be very cautious as you get real aggressive now just because you're afraid it's gonna go on down so we don't even have the whole crop planted first of all Um, you know I'm not I'm not bullish don't get me wrong I just uh, think that you got to stay very flexible and on your toes if you're gonna sell after the market's gone down you know Seventy cents from your uh, uh just from your February average. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know. I, I do think, you know, and this is something that I've I've always been a firm believer of is it seems like it, it makes a lot of sense to put some targets in or you just have some offers in there that are working when you're working. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I may have talked to you about that. Like the last time I had you on, I mean. You know, and we put some targets in. I had some offers in for sales at levels that we didn't quite get back to. And and I I still think that's a smart move. I mean, what's your thought on putting some offers in? And and if if that is a thought, what is a target area that a guy maybe could be looking at that would maybe make some sense to think about if if guys wanted to catch up on some sales or or
1: in some cases get started, unfortunately? (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, the first thing I'm always going to go to is, is, you know, let's say a guy's break-even or a gal's break-even's, uh, you know, cash at five bucks. You know, I want to get safely above that level uh, with my target this early in the growing season, okay? So, you know, um, if it was later on in the season and you're pushing up on uh, pollination, I'd probably get, you know, a little more aggressive, you know, especially if I felt good about what kind of crop I'm looking at. But, you know, what kind of a price level would that be? Of course, it's going to vary throughout uh the countryside but uh you know my personal opinion is if you would get back up into that five seventy, five seventy five area it'd be a good place to go ahead and uh you know maybe sell a few bushels here and there now i do know some growers that i've talked to in the last few days that uh yeah i'd say these are lower cost growers you know maybe lower risk type operations but you know, a lot of those folks were thinking about maybe uh, uh, hedging off some risk when you get back above the 550 level. I don't have any issue with that. I just think that for me personally, I'd like to see a little more meat on the bone if I'm going to uh, get too aggressive this time of year. Uh, bottom line is this may be the best. I mean, it could be the best price that you see between now and, and fall, but you got to remember then you still have the opportunity to market, you know, after the fact. And so if we do end up building these stocks, Yes, you're going to have carry in the market again. You know, there will be opportunities to use your bins, you know, just like the, the grain elevator uses their bins, take advantage of that carry, uh, you know, and be able to uh, to to hedge some bushels in that manner. So I don't want to get super aggressive knowing the fact that this marketing year lasts a heck of a lot longer between now and, and fall.
0: Exactly right. I, I was just thinking that when you were talking there, you know, we're having this conversation That's it's the first week of May, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there. This is, this crop's a long ways from being <laughs> in the bin yet. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, don't get super worried. I think, you, like we said, you know, put some put some offers in and and have have a plan to, you know, um, to kind of take advantage of things. Talk a little bit about soybeans. What are you watching on the soybean side of the equation? You
1: know, I'm gonna talk soybeans real quick. But if you don't mind, I want to throw one other thing out yeah 24 keep an eye on 24 you know like we we've got some sales on 24 we talked to some of our growers uh you know get into the 540s i i do think a person needs to pay close attention because as you suggested earlier you know the trend on these fertilizer prices has been lower and if you stop and look at your ratios as to what you know your expected fertilizer price could be for this fall uh, you know uh, i think that a person can lock in pretty darn good income you know whenever you push back up on that 550 level but you know as far as soybeans are concerned you know soybeans back down in the 1250s here you know uh, we were above 14 dollars for quite some time i know that you know, i had a lot of growers tell me well why in the world would i sell at 14 bucks you know whenever i sold cash beans last summer for for 17 dollars you know and i mean that is a, a hard mentality to get over i totally understand you know the psychology of that type of thinking but at the same time You know, uh, I guess what I always go back to is, is, you know, what kind of money can you make? And so here's the thing. Margins are awfully tight, you know, where we're at here today. Uh, The same thing goes as for corn. You know, you certainly, uh, most folks bought crop insurance. The nice thing this year, you know, is crop insurance was cheaper because that volatility factor, you know, was lower for both uh, corn and beans. But, you know, uh, you've got to think that uh, the same thing applies for beans as with corn. But i don't want to get terribly aggressive in here now that being said chris i've seen break evens anywhere from 10.50 clear up to 13 and so uh, there's a very wide disparity in what uh, growers need to be able to make this thing work but uh, personally i'm not selling any beans right now here today we've been fairly aggressive uh, uh just like we were with corn if i have a grower that calls me today though and says what do you think i should do should i go ahead and sell some beans you know, in the 1250s here, uh, I guess I'm a little concerned here with all the talk lately that Brazil's beans are, you know, $2 cheaper than U.S. beans. Um, that gives us really stiff headwinds to expect, you know, if you really need to get beans sold uh, pre-harvest, you know, you, you, you got to ask yourself, what kind of rally could I expect without a major weather issue here in the U.S.? So you know, I'd put offers in there, too, and I probably wouldn't be too far above the market, probably closer to 13 bucks You know, I I just don't – I don't see any larger-scale rally in this bean market without a major weather issue.
0: Mm -hmm. What – last thing I want to kind of wrap up with is have you hit on kind of I think what almost seemed like as soon as China canceled some sales and did some stuff that kind of chased the market lower. Talk a little bit about that and the funds kind of in concert or what you see that's maybe – either gives us the, continues the pressure or maybe relieves it a little bit if if something
1: changes here. You know, a couple of things went on this week. You know, uh, of course, you know, uh, Brian split on my team. We talked a couple times about, you know, just the technical nature. I'd seen on the chart that July corn had actually uh, bottomed out last summer, you know, in that 574 area. Um, Coincidentally, that's what we went down and touched here. Uh, on Friday and kind of bounced off of it you know I mean the market's down nine cents there for a while Friday after taking an absolute woodshed beating earlier in the week you know and and you're thinking good night this thing's just going to keep going and all of a sudden you know uh, people saw that we weren't going to be able to bust through that level and and the buyers stepped in now does that mean we're going to see fall through buying you know I'm not uh, totally convinced of that I mean why do we see all the selling you said it you know China steps in the sales core. Now, how many bushels is it? You know, I mean, you're not talking any substantial amount. It's around 600,000 tons. I mean, you're not talking about uh, any extravagant level, but the bottom line is it's just the optics of it, first of all. And second of all, you know, is there more to come? And so uh, in yeah. the past, uh, you know, we we're in the grain business. My dad always told me when China's canceling shipments. Typically, uh, you know, it was beans that we were talking about in those times, but he said the reason they're doing it is to buy cheaper beans. And so the unfortunate reality, uh, Chris, is they're probably not uh, looking to buy cheaper U.S. beans. Uh, They're looking to buy cheaper Brazil beans because they're 60 70 80 cents cheaper on the world market than what us beans are so uh but they're still wanting to drive that market down to be able to buy more now the nice thing about it chris is you and i both know hey yes they may not be getting them off the u.s but they're taking them off the world market and so uh, there is a good opportunity that the u.s could pick some of that business up so are we going to continue to see a resumption of this lower move i'll tell you uh, we don't want to continue to see uh (laughs) cancellations You know, if if we can avoid these cancellations, maybe get some good demand news from somewhere. You know, ethanol margins have uh, really improved here. Um, But the the bottom line for me on this May report is you're probably not going to see, you know, a real friendly uh, situation on either old or new crop, because new crop, they're going to use, you know, your 92 million acres and uh, probably going to use 181.5, because that's what they had for, uh, you know, for the baseline numbers. And so old crop, they're about going to have to drop, export so i don't expect a real bullish report here in may Uh, and so i'm concerned between now and then you know if we can avoid these shipment uh, cancellations maybe we can go ahead and uh, stabilize this market Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully so
0: um last thing i wanted to hit on kind of where we started on planning pace and that kind of stuff looks to me like the market's not has not put any any kind of a premium for anything in there as far as growing this year's crop at least as as of yet and and it is dry it's super dry in some areas and it's super been cold and everything but looks like we're going to get this crop planted for the most part um what else is there anything else that we need to be watching or what should farmers be thinking about in the next week or two as they as they uh get their crop in the in the ground here
1: You know, I'm with you. I I think that, um, you know, this is a big topic as far as uh, the weather. You know, let's say that you only end up planting 90 million acres. I mean, that changes the whole scope of the discussion. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's one thing that I'm paying very close attention to, something that I'm watching closely. You know, another thing I think we need to, you know, pay attention to uh, we already talked about, uh, you, know, you know, your export business, but uh, this May report is the first look at the, your, your new crop balance sheet. And so if I'm a producer, once again, that really needs to generate income during the fall timeframe, you know, I, it's not the end of the world to step in with some sort of a flexible type strategy, you know, whether you're HTA in and buying yourself a call, you know, like a synthetic put, or, or you're, uh, you know, buying yourself a, a put option and sell a call, uh, 60 cents above the market. You know, uh, one of these types of strategies might not be a bad move just to uh, protect yourself. Cause I mean, the last thing I want to do is to be hauling in across a scale, you know, and be forced to make that decision during harvest. Cause that's not really a, a great time to be forced to uh, sell cash bushels. Well, that's just it. You
0: know, those bushels that you do not have storage for if they're not sold, those are the ones that those offers need to be put in and <laughs> you need to be Having that factored into the plan, not to mention it's a it's a good time to sharpen the pencil a little bit too on on what is your true cost of production has it changed are, are some of the inputs you've bought or has anything changed that you know maybe you, you you ran ran stuff that's what I see a lot of times is you know do you know your cost of production in real time and you know right. sometimes that changes your decision making along the way too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you do finally get your final yield, you know, if you had two and a quarter, you know, plugged in trying to be conservative, uh, you know, as far as your break-evens go, two and a quarter for your yield – You know, and you end up with 237, you know, uh, all of a sudden uh, you can make a heck of a lot more money uh, than what you thought you could because you're spreading your costs out over 12 more bushels. And I don't know that people always understand just how powerful that data is, but it's certainly something that we try to encourage our growers to keep a a very close tab on because uh, that can help make the decision as well and make it a little bit more palatable. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: So, well, hey, Matt, I think this has been a great conversation, as usual. you got some really good insights, some stuff to think about. Um, probably, I think you're you're working on a house remodel, so I probably need to, I gave you enough of a break here now that you're probably done sweating and you can go back at it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, my wife, she's going to get mad if you keep me too long because she, she's kind of a <laughs> slave driver, but uh, yep. no, I'm kidding. She, we've been working on this for a while, and I'm here to tell you, it's, It's been something else, but, uh, we tried to live in the place while we were remodeling and that just doesn't work very well. Uh, we, we actually did an addition, but, uh, you know, and remodeled some of it and it's been a, it's been a process. And like everyone keeps telling me, it's going to be fantastic once we get it done. But I'll tell you what, if, uh, um, you know, if we can ever get this done, I'm not doing this again. I can tell you that right now. It will not happen.
0: Building and remodeling, neither one of them are very, very fun in the grand
1: scheme of no, things. No, but uh, hey, if people
0: no. want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? If somebody wants to to give you a little break from your house remodel and ask you a couple of questions, what's the best way to get hold of you?
1: Yep, just agmarket.net. They can find us on the web there, or they can uh, agmarket.apps another good place. But or they can just Google agmarket, and uh, they can find me and Brian and some of the other guys on the team. So a lot of good information on that website. Awesome. Hey, again. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you again next time on the Ag View Pitch.